0: some of them. Hello, and welcome to Unicorn's Weekly CryptoCast. I'm Rahul Sood, the CEO of Unicorn, and also the chief blockchain enthusiast in the company. Now, I'd love to say this is a weekly show. Unfortunately, you know, I've been away uh, for the past few weeks uh, working on the business, so we haven't had an update in a little while, but I've been waiting for some time to bring our next guest on. And I'll tell you what, this guy is... uh, Pretty awesome. Um, his name is Eric Miller, and Eric was a early investor in Unicorn. Eric actually was one of our seed investors. He invested in the seed round before we even did a Series A. Eric is a, um, I would say, one of the smartest people I know. Uh, he's a he's a brilliant visionary. Uh, very, uh, very interesting uh, kind of view of the future, which we'll get into. But um, Eric recently started a company called Coin Circle uh, in the blockchain space, and uh, this is what we're here to discuss. So, welcome, Eric. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Good to have you. Um, tell us a bit about yourself, and maybe uh, just a, a quick intro, your history, and and why you're here uh, doing uh, Coin Circle.
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I first got involved in entrepreneurship um, in the tail end of the dot com days, and kind of got my career started back then. Um, Since then, I've sort of had this, uh, you know, history of doing a lot of innovative new engineering and development. And um, I first got into Bitcoin in 2011, um, and you know, started mining back then because I was really curious about it. Um, I then sort ended up starting a couple companies along the way. Um, the last company I started was uh, Snapchat's first acquisition, and um, the product that we created ended up becoming the Snapchat spectacles. And um, and then I started a fund called HyperSpeed Ventures, and um, you know Unicorn was one of my first investments, actually, through HyperSpeed. And um, and then since then, started Coin Circle, and uh, you know we're, we worked together on building Unicorn Gold, which was really exciting.
0: Yeah, I remember your. Um your your venture that you sold to snap in fact um we had met then uh, in, a, in a weird way uh, i was working at microsoft ventures and and you guys had uh well you were one of the companies that we were looking to invest in um, yeah. so it's super interesting you know to to kind of uh i guess round it out and, and meet again uh when we first started unicorn so yeah it was uh, so it's always it's always been interesting working with you um Let's let's get into it then. What 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 is Coin Circle, and you know what, what do you guys do? What's your vision?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So our vision is to tokenize the world, um, and what we do primarily is we work with like well established companies that have really credible management teams that are post product and post revenue to um, tokenize the their business model. And so, you know, we'll, we'll work with a company that has a product where a token really makes sense um, and then work really closely with them on the token mechanics and, um, you know, the crypto economic model and uh, you know, sort of drafting the white paper and sort of, you know, help take them through the process. Um, CoinCircle also has a lot of technology we've been developing. And so, like, we're essentially like building a horizontal end-to-end platform for tokenization.
0: Interesting. So, okay, well, that's cool. I mean, last year was sort of the year of the ICO, as you know, and, you know, companies were raising or um, collecting upwards of hundreds of millions of dollars, U.S., uh, anywhere from, say, 20 to 100 million with without uh, much uh, barrier for entry. But now the market's kind of, I, I would say, shitty for, for, for token sales. So how do you view that? Like, what do you think is happening in the market right now? And, um, you know, how does that affect you guys? Yeah, definitely.
1: Well, I mean, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't necessarily characterize it as shitty, but I think it's, um, but that's one way to look at it. Um, (laughs) um, But I think it's, uh, the market is changing. And so, you know, I mean, obviously cryptocurrency has its ups and its downs and, you know, that can help, or that can contribute to, um, you know, the overall sentiment. But in general, the market is transitioning into more of a mature phase, I think. And, you know, along with that, comes, um, you know, like regulators that are stepping into the space to help ensure that there's integrity, um, amongst all the projects. And, um, and, you know, we're, we're definitely in front of that as a company. And a lot of the trends that we're seeing is, um, you know, offerings that are, you know, tokens that are considered securities are becoming more and more prevalent and, um, you know, and sort of these types of things. So there's, there's really a trend going towards a lot of institutional funding and, um, you know, Not necessarily, I don't think that public sales are going away, but um, in terms of doing like a, you know, a a sale to the general public, but there's a lot of uh, trends that are sort of moving in the direction of raising even larger rounds than what you're talking about, um, but doing it through with institutional investors. And so um, I don't want to name names because it's private information, but a couple of my friends have closed, um, you know, and some of the folks that we were working with have closed, you know, like nine figure rounds. Um, privately, and so you don't always hear about those, but they're happening, and um, and those are done through regulated securities offerings, and um, and, you know, and one of the projects isn't even planning on doing a public sale. Um, they're planning on you know using utilizing the financing to develop the token and develop the protocol, and then essentially release it to the world, um, you know, without doing the fin- like without taking that final stage of doing a public sale. So I think there's just a lot of um, evolution that's happening in the space. And, you know, we're as CoinCircle, we're able to sort of be in front of that and evolve alongside with it because, um, you know, we are taking all the appropriate steps for regulation and
0: compliance. That's interesting. Um, So tell me about that a a little bit. So when you talk about the this idea that you're going to, you know, more more institutional investors, say accredited investors. Are buying into some of these companies or projects? Um, what happens when that project wants to, you know, make the token public? Uh, you know, at, at what point in time does it go from being a a security to being able to list on an exchange? I mean, aren't the exchanges meant to be security? exchanges or w- w- what does the future look like there? So essentially
1: what's happening right now is, you know, like I was just in NASA doing a keynote there um, and the entire focus of the conference was, um, and it was a really well attended, like really high quality conference as well. And like one of the focuses of the conference was, uh, and sec- like the entire focus of the commerce was on securities tokens that are considered securities so you know in the one case where you have a utility token you know you can the financing contract to raise the money for the token is is obviously a security but the token itself is a piece of software that you're developing and you're raising money to develop that software and when the software is released the argument is that it's not a security and if you build it as as such so that it's a utility token like such as unicorn gold and so many other um, projects that are actual utilities um, then you know Know, that's a, that's a safe place to be. Um, but if you're building a token that has a clear expectation of return, such as a token that issues dividends or, um, you know, a token that's clearly designed to create a, a, you know, a high return, then that's a token that would be need to be considered a security. And so, um, there's exchanges. So like one of the guys at the, a number of people at the conference that I was just at, I was, you know, mingling at with and stuff were like the CEO of Overstock, for example. And, you know, they're, they've made a lot of waves with the securities exchange that they're planning on building. And, um, there's rumors that Poloniex was acquired because they have, um, you know, securities exchange, uh, you know, there's a, something called an ATS, which is an alternative trading system, um, you know, sort of, a process underway and um, and so you know the ability to for, for I think all the exchanges will probably need to transact securities um, in the future or you know sort of shy away from it like they are now and just make sure that every token that they're trading is a, is a utility um, but again this is a we're breaking new ground here so this is you know as as is blockchain and as sort of crypto has always been we're kind of building the bridge as we drive across it so um, you know a lot of the evolutions in the space once Once you start getting regulators involved, I think um, could go in different directions. But generally, the the idea of having a token that is a security is something that I think is becoming pretty well accepted across the industry.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Um, So actually, I like that analogy. We're driving across the bridge as we build it. That's exactly how I feel uh, in many ways. Um, And I I think, uh, look, a a regulator's job, I believe, Mm -hmm. is to protect consumers. Sometimes um, regulation can get in the way of innovation, though. Um, I I mean, you know, at the end of the day, we need regulation in this space. Otherwise, you're going to end up with more, you know, BitConnect and, and USI tech and, you know, companies that are really out to uh, to, to rip people off, essentially. Um, so what wh- do you think, like in terms of the global, uh, you know, the, the, the global kind of, um, let's call it uh governments you know as as they approach crypto where do you Mm -hmm. think the most friendly place for blockchain is and why
1: um yeah well i mean you know there's the standard go-to places like um zoog you know switzerland and um singapore and you know certain islands in the caribbean um and uh you know japan so and then there's you know sort of like the, the there's also um uh, Gibraltar has passed some regulations, and the thing is, is the, the thing that's the, I think the biggest concern is the uncertainty and the in you know in the lack of regulations. So in the U.S., we have the scenario right now where you know the SEC has made some sort of um, off the cuff or, you know, they've kind of responded to at some interview questions where they've said, you know, every token sale they've seen kind of has some aspects of a security, um, but then you have this, but they haven't made any official statements. Like they're definitely haven't said all tokens are securities, but you know, they're starting to sort of like hint in that direction, um, which I don't think is necessarily the case. And like, we're, we're members of the token alliance and the digital chamber of commerce and the smart contract alliance. And, you know, we're really making the case that uh, there's a clear distinction between a utility and a security. Um, and then, you know, you kind of like, when you look in the US, though, there's also the CFTC that's, you know, making statements that, you know, there's a lot of tokens or that, you know, tokens are commodities. And, you know, if you look at the financing agreements for tokens, um, that could easily be considered some, some form of a futures agreement. Um, and, you know, and then if you look at the sort of the IRS's treatment of, Uh, crypto like they've made very clear distinction that it's uh that it's property but then now this year like they've changed some of the tax laws where they want to tax it as if it's like a, a tradable equity um so you're taxed on every time you exchange um and then if you look at like fincen for example has made a statement that you know all cryptocurrency essentially is is a form of money and so it can't be property and then taxed like it's you know a tradable equity and then uh, a security and a commodity uh, and a form of money all at the
0: same time um you know it's just like it, 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 exactly no I, man you're, you're preaching to the choir i completely agree so if it can't be all those things at the same time you know what what are we waiting for? Are we waiting for government to sort of get their heads together and come up with new legislation for crypto in the U.S. in particular, given that everybody seems to look at the U.S. as as a, a standard creator, I suppose? I mean, um, you know, I'm sure people are in, in Switzerland will listen to this and say, like, what the hell are you talking about? You know, we don't care what the U.S. does, but. You know, at the end of the day, the US is one of the largest markets in the world, so we should really care, right? Yeah. Um so 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 what do you think happens to sort of to solve that? The the issue of all those different branches of government trying to say what it is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean I think right now we're in a state where, you know, so long as you're following all existing regulations, um, then you're fine. And the problem is that there have been a number of token Projects that like haven't followed the regulations, they haven't done Reg D offerings, or they've you know sort of made statements that are directly um, state that there will be a return and that there's an expectation of return, um, you know, and there's and then there's a lot of projects that have actually been just outright fraudulent, and so you know those projects, I mean, that's what regulators are there for. Um, is to protect, like you said, protect consumers, protect investors from losing money. Um, and I think so in the current state, as long as you're following the existing legislate, existing uh, regulations, then, you know, that's the
0: only guidance that there is, but then there's. But don't you think Eric, that even if we follow the existing legislation or existing laws and we interpret them a certain way, as you mentioned, you know, all these branches of governments are calling it different things and they're, they too are following the laws and just interpreting them as they interpret them. So you know, the reality is there is no set way to go about doing this, right? And and so you know, how comfortable should people feel? I mean, look, last year, like I said, was the year of the ICO. You know, companies were coming out, they were breaking things, caused a lot of uh, attention in the space, brought in regulators' interest. Uh, but this year has got to be different. I mean, I, I imagine that it's it's probably uh, it's probably harder to to think about you know do I want to tokenize or do I want to create a coin? And, and if so, you know, how, how, do, how do lawyers feel about even representing the space? Like, you know, are, are they not as confused as I am? I mean, look, uh, look, I, I, I'm, I'm not, as you know, Unicorn is a global esports company. We're built on some serious cutting edge blockchain technology uh, and gaming technology. And, you know, we've had our coin, the Unicorn for a few years now, and, you know, we decided uh, as you and I met last year to talk about the future of the Unicoin, we decided to to turn it, you know, to create Unicoin Gold and Unicoin Silver. And, you know, w- we feel that we have a, a really great product with really with users and and a real case for a utility token. We, we feel like that's 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 true. However, when you talk about all these other branches of government saying, you know, crypto is a commodity, it's an asset class, it's whatever whatever, whatever. How how comfortable should people feel this year about tokenizing their business?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, so that's a really great question. And I think, uh, you know, Unicorn Gold is a great example of a clear utility. Um, and also it's a great example of like a highly credible team with an existing product and an existing service um, tokenizing something that really makes sense and adds value to the product. Um, and so it's a, it's really a piece of software that has, uh, you know, a clear use within the Unicorn ecosystem. And so, you know, that's like, that's the, that's the main argument and main justification for the fact that it's a piece of software um, you know, and that, that, there's a, there's a really obvious utility. And by the way, that utility existed on day one. So, and it's like, you know, and there's only going to be more and more value. I mean, more and more u- use of the utility, which, you know, creates more value for the, for the customers of unicorn and the um, you know, and the users of the platform. Um I think um, in regards to to answer your question, though, um, you know, this is kind of the reason I think that that CoinCircle exists is to help companies through these challenges. And, you know, that's one of the reasons we're working. uh, You know, we have, um, you know, a FINRA registered principal at the company and we're working really closely with, um, you know, folks in DC. Um, You know, we have a former SEC commissioner as an advisor and, you know, to help really help companies walk through this process because of the uncertainty in the environment, but also to maintain regulatory compliance and to really, um, and, you know, we have a pretty strong filter. I mean, obviously, we, you know, working with Unicorn as the first company um, shows that we only work with really high quality companies and, you know, um, and we've only sort of maintained that as we move forward. Um, but, you know, the uncertainty that exists is is kind of part of the solution that we bring to the table. And, um, and, and you know, and like the industry is constantly, it's, it's just Evolving and changing at such a fast pace that even lawyers and regulators can't keep up with it, and so we're kind of in the middle of all that. And like for an example, um, you know, everyone's stuck on ERC twenty tokens, but there's a new uh, digital asset class that most people don't even know about, which is ERC seven twenty one. And ERC seven twenty one is the um, is the uh, type of token that CryptoKitties is you know utilized, for example. And you know, I mean, for like the the you know as is always, technology is moving faster than than most people can keep up, keep up with, especially regulators. And so I think it really makes sense for, um, you know, like to, to, to help guide companies through this space, but also to help inform regulators of, of really what's happening. Um, and you know, because everybody's goal at the end of the day is to grow the economy and to create more value. And, um, you know, and that's, that's basically what I think the ultimate objective should be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, I, 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 I do. I do generally agree with you. And I think um, it's it's cool that you're saying basically your role at Coin Circle is to help companies go through this process. And that's great. T- tell me something. We, we both work with Perkins Coie, as you know, uh, you recommended them to us. And uh, we we went, met with Dax and we're in Seattle and it worked out really well for us. Um, I know that, you know. Perkins has has represented a, a number of different companies in this space, and everybody is different. You know, they've they've come up with a lot of uh, standards for the industry. Um, I know they speak with the SEC regularly and other government agencies on a regular basis. How are they feeling a, a, about this space now? Like, are they more cautious? Are they are they still going down the same path as the SAFT? Like, what's what's happening with the with the lawyers and the professionals in the space,
1: yeah. Um, so I, I'm trying to figure out what to say about that because I don't want to um, be perceived as speaking on behalf of Perkins Coie. Um, I mean, I think generally, like all the lawyers that we've talked to at multiple firms, um, you know, are cautious, but they're also working really, as you said, they're working really, really closely with regulators, and so um, it's it's more of a case, I think, of both sides educating each other and, um, and really coming to an understanding about what's happening in the space so that, um, you know, to, to inform uh, the other parties and, uh, and really try to, um, you know, do things in a compliant way. Um, You know, the, you know, all the law firms we've talked to have been just really cautious. Right. Um, But no, no one that we've spoken to at any law firm has, you know, sort of like said, Oh, we're out or we're stepping out of this. Like there was a rumor that Cooley was going to shut down, uh, you know, or something. And I think that's totally bogus. Um, but you know, there, there have been a lot of transitions and a lot of changes that have happened. Um, and so, you know, I, I think it's it's smart to look at things cautiously, and I mean, a, a good lawyer wouldn't do anything otherwise, right? I mean, regardless of the of the contract or the or the type of space that you're in, and so um, you know, I think when when it comes to Perkins Coie, like they're they're very diligent and look at things very very carefully, and um, you know, I would I still recommend them uh, as one of the top firms in the
0: space. So okay, well, l- let me ask you this then. Um, l- let's talk about the. You know the, the 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 token economy right now or or just the crypto economy in general i think i mean what there's there's around two thousand coins out there you know or, or, or less um the uh the the, the total market cap has is has, has gone up or, uh, and down quite significantly if you look at unicoin for an example i think we you know we, we were around 15 cents starting and it went up to two dollars and 50 cents and now it's back down to you know 17 18 cents or whatever um and and for us you know we, we don't care about the day-to-day fluctuations what we care about is customers are using our, our our product and and they're having fun using it on our platform but i think many companies are look at the overall token economy and i think if you if you look at coin market cap, for example, which it's, it's kind of hard not to. um, And, and you, you look at say the top 300 coins, um, you know, a a lot of them are, are, I'm going to say it and you don't have to, but a lot of them are basically shit, right? Like they, they, they have nothing. They don't have a working platform. uh, You know, they're basically, many of them are pump and dumps. Many of them are, are, um, are just uh, projects that never went anywhere. But, but for some reason, you know, these coins get get pushed up, uh, and um, and I, I I wonder if at some point in time that's going to catch up to us. Like I wonder if um, as we saw what happened with with uh, Bitconnect and and others, um, I wonder if these scams and these and these coins that really do nothing are creating downward pressure on Ethereum and also just making the whole space look bad. Um, so I guess I guess here's the question. Um, do you agree that, you know, through the process of elimination, we're going to see some of these coins disappear and that making it harder to, uh, to, uh, you know, the, the fact that it's 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 harder to ICO or making it harder to ICO is actually good for the business? I mean, do, do you agree with that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think having some general barriers in place is definitely good for the overall industry. Um, I mean, the, the thing is, you know, part of the part of the appeal and the, the really cool aspect of tokenization is that in like sort of token economy is that, you know, you're kind of creating a new form of digital um, money, if you will, um, or, you know, digital um, value that, you know, anyone can create and that anyone can own. Right. It's Sort of like a um, it's like the disintermediation of wealth um, for the um, you know, the digital citizens of a borderless world. And um And I think, you know, so like, you know, I don't want to, I definitely don't want to imply that sort of taking away the, the democratization and the the freedom that exists and the ability to create a token and to create value, um, you know, that, that represents something really meaningful. I, I think that's, I think that's a really important thing that, um, that could transform our economy in the future. It could transform capitalism. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think it's definitely, you know, what you're saying. I mean, you know, it's, it's really hard to say because you know, if you like, you know, I would definitely assume yes, right? Like, I mean, I would assume that, you know, I, but if you look at projects like Dogecoin, for example, I mean, how does Dogecoin the 42, the 42nd largest market cap on, you know, of, of all crypto? I mean, Dogecoin is like, it's literally a fork of Bitcoin that was like renamed from a meme. And then it's, you know, but it's like trading $313 million in, uh, in liquidity every, Every day, or, or no, sorry, it's, I think it's trading like five. No, it's trading five million in volume every day, and it has like a three hundred thirteen million dollar market cap, or something like that, um, today, right? And crypto's down. Um, it, it's just it's a weird because, like, you know, I think what ends up happening is, you know, obviously there's speculative speculative trading that's happening. Obviously, there's a lot of different things, but there's also network effects, and um, we've never really seen an asset class like this where, um, you know, you you have this sort of virtual token um and there's network effects and you know there's there's speculation there's sort of all these things happening at the same time i mean there's a lot of correlations with the dot com days and and the sort of bubble that happened but like equities doesn't the equities don't have smart contracts and equities aren't cryptocurrency you know um so there's there's a ton of technological differences and those underlying technological differences actually create different behaviors and different um outcomes and so it's it's a really hard question to answer like um you know, how many, how, like how much, how much crypto that doesn't do anything can the market support? Um, I, I don't know the answer to that, you know, but I mean, as we know, like, you know, the the concept of fiat currency is, is, um, is also like a really interesting um, you know kind of a philosophical debate when you really boil down to like what is money um, or you know what is like what represents the transaction of value it's really the underlying things that you're trading that have value and just that that thing you're using to trade it for um, you know doesn't necessarily have to have any real value it just has to represent a certain you know fractional amount of value and then you need to have enough of them in order to trade for something um, so I, it's it's um, you know just from a, like a, a, a philosophical perspective it's really hard to say you know how like how many you know quote unquote shit coins um the market could bear but i do think there's a risk i mean i think there's a really big risk if 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 there aren't credible projects coming out um and the space is just you know dominated by a bunch of of you know useless tokens then that's definitely not good for the market and you know and that's why we've you know as CoinCircle have taken the position of only working on like really credible like really cool projects that um you know that that do have value
0: Right and 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 by the way uh, we'll get into those in a minute but I, I agree that that's what has to happen the the, the problem is I think that there's people in the space that just don't care like the, you know when when we did unicorn gold I was probably the only at least at least that I could find I was the only CEO of a project or a company saying we don't cater to speculators and and it actually made people mad like it it made people upset that you know I said that but you know we're catering to our users we want to build a great experience for our users um, and, and we don't cater to speculators. And the reason is, you know, speculators don't give a shit about our business, right? And, and so, so, you know, it, the thing is, when people see momentum in a coin, uh, no matter what, without regulation, even if that coin is a shit coin, they're going to jump in. Like, I mean, in, in no regulated world on, on earth would a, um, a company like BitConnect be trading after it was deemed that they were a fraud. And by the way, very easy to spot a Ponzi scheme in this case. Um, you know, w- we saw Bitconnect like, like months in advance being a Ponzi scheme. You saw the guy on stage. You saw all the shit that went on. Yet that thing was still trading. <laughs> you know, it was still trading after it came out, and uh, and people were still buying it. Like I, I don't get it. And 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 that's you know I, I guess I guess uh, you know d- does a lack of an answer put the market at risk even more? Like h- how do we find an answer to this problem? before before the market crashes you know to know what the limit is like the the limit of actual crappy non-functional coins i mean you know nobody wants to drive the truck over the bridge before we find out what the weight limit is right so 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 i i i mean how do we as good operators you know there's 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 a number of us out there how do we get together and get people to speak out against that type of speculation, like stay away from that stuff and, you know, only focus on the good stuff. How do we get the message out?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's, there's definitely um, some ways, I mean, the the way that we're doing it is, you know, we're getting involved in the token Alliance and the digital chamber of commerce. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and, and we're personally, you know, personally as Coin Circle, like we're not doing any projects that are, you know, that, where we don't do a ton of diligence. And, you know, and like, like I said, Unicoin gold is a perfect example because, you know, you guys have such a great product, you know, have an amazing management team, you're experienced entrepreneurs and, you know, you're proven, you have the proven track record and the existing product that was in place at the time that the token was created. Um, I think you know it's it's a difficult question to answer though, because you know there's this underlying um, attribute of blockchain technology, which is essentially the decentralization aspect, and you know you have uh, decentralized exchanges that are now um, cropping up, and you know they're not doing huge volume, but the more and more um, regulation that starts to get put into place, the more and more, uh, you know, decentralization of, of the exchange mechanism that will start to become more and more popular. So, you know, um, projects like, uh, zero X and, um, you know, and, 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 other such projects, um, you know, allow for, uh, you know, a decentralized protocol that technically nobody owns um, that can, you know, facilitate the trading of, of cryptocurrency. So, in um, honestly, and really like in the reality is like, that's kind of how Bitcoin got started is to, to circumvent, to sort of solve the, the double spend problem and not needing a, um, an intermediary. Um, and that that problem of having a centralized intermediary really comes down to like having a single point of failure where, you know, someone can shut it down. And once Bitcoin took off and people realized like that no one can technically shut it down, um i think that's when blockchain the power of blockchain become became so realized by um by so many people
0: and then eric, yeah eric i have an idea for you sure okay like I, I go to coin circle and i feel like you guys are uh trying to make things easy like you, you have this thing when i first log in generate a wallet um you could you know i, I like that I, I like how you're you're trying to make it simple for people and you know you've got You've got um, you've got a real platform that you're trying to build in the space. Um, what if what, what if you created an index where you know you have a very tight criteria? You know, you you, you get people like Justin and whoever are working on this index where you have a tight criteria where it's like the token has to be functional. It's got to be you know maybe venture back, maybe you know like all the things that we care about with creating a, a real token, and you go through all the 1600 or 2000 tokens out there. And you have, you have a, you know, an index of all the top tokens and, and what they are. And then, you know, and then, and then you throw in all the shit coins and something else. Um, and, and to be part of the coin circle index doesn't require, uh, you know, anything more than a submission. People don't have to pay to be on it. You know, it it's, it's really just about helping the ecosystem be better. So that coin market cap can do their thing, but maybe the coin circle index is like the the blue chip or the Dow Jones index that everybody wants to be on.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I think that's a great idea. And and thanks for bringing that up because, you know, we've definitely been moving in that direction. I mean, we have a list of tokens um, on our site where we have some stats about them and stuff like that. And um, it's definitely a curated list. It's not like all the projects in the space. Um, and, you know, I, I think, you know, we're definitely walking towards, we're moving towards that direction and we're not, we're not just doing it in regards to tokens, but we're also doing it in regards to, um, you know, like exposing, um whitelisted wallet addresses for example and this is something that hasn't been publicly announced yet so I'll guess I'll sort of just like soft uh, announce it here but um, we have a, a like a full legally compliant um, KYC AML and investor accreditation um, onboarding process that we've developed in house and um, and what we're what we're doing is we're whitelisting we're generating wallets for those people once they've gone through the process and then they're whitelisted and they're they're published on the blockchain and so uh, that will be like a um, like a curated list of of you know n- like known good actors um, and and so like for example the, those will be known wall addresses that have gone through know your customer and have gone through um, the you know. Uh, anti-money laundering and they've been you know looked through all the sanctions list and and uh, and it'll be a constantly updating list Um, and we're kind of doing the same thing for investor accreditation as well so when investors go through and they get accredited their wallet address will be published uh, to the blockchain and so Stuff like that, I think, is really important. And having a, we have a, um, we have a, a page on our site where we list tokens, and um, you know, and having that list be more and more curated, I think, is uh, is something that we're definitely working towards. Yeah,
0: I think that would be a good thing. I think having an index, um, you know, and, and really going through that list because I noticed some. Some tokens on there that have been delisted from, you know, credible exchanges because they have no utility, you know, e- even the list that you have isn't uh, curated enough, I, I think, you know, with all due respect, right? I mean, I, I saw a couple on there now that I know are not actually working products um, that are that are on the list and, and, and maybe you, you need to tighten up the criteria and then come up with some sort of index. I, I think that'd be a good thing for the industry.
1: Yeah, I think... Yeah, that's a great suggestion. Um, yeah, I think that list right now it came from we we did an acquisition of a company called ICO Stats, and then essentially ported over um, a portion of the code that like lists all the statistics for um, yeah. So um, so we definitely have something on the roadmap to go through and really curate that. So you know I'm glad that you uh, that you're that you're uh, you know mentioning that.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. So okay. So so then so then you you think that the that the, the crypto economy will bounce back. Uh, I am assuming, right? Yeah.
1: I mean, I, you know, I, I, mean, I obviously can't predict the future, but I'm a strong believer in, um, you know, in the cryptocurrency and tokenization as the future of, of capitalism really. I mean, it's a future of so many things and, and, um, you know, decentralized applications, uh, I think could become the future of the internet. Um, and so, Uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, in terms of, you know, speculating on, you know, have we hit a bottom or is the price, like the the price sort of, uh, you know, like, I mean, we've seen Bitcoin go to like $20,000 and then go back down to like six, almost $5,000, um, you know, over the course of a few months. And so, you know, that type of volatility isn't really new to the space. Um, obviously it's something that I wish wasn't such a, you know, active, uh, element, but, um, but yeah, overall, I mean, I do think that there's a huge amount of value that will continue to be created. And, um, and, and, you know, I think it's sort of like, you know, the, it's been unleashed to the world now and I don't think it's going to stop or slow down. And, um, you know, and there's definitely a lot of factors that can contribute to, uh, you know, how people speculate. So it's probably better if the speculators aren't, um, you know, aren't as involved basically.
0: Okay. Well then, well then let me ask you, do you feel that, oh, what's your prediction for Bitcoin at the end of this year? Everybody has to make a prediction no matter what. Where do you see it happening? I mean, so
1: if you asked me in December, I was pretty convinced it was going to hit 100K. Um, you know, it's, you can actually, you can actually pretty accurately predict this stuff by um, looking at the mining difficulty. And then, and then uh, the mining difficulty is sort of like a logarithmic curve. And so if you take the the price curve of Bitcoin and then you kind of average it out, a little bit over time, like a moving average, and then you take that um, that price curve, and then you you take you map it into logarithmic space. There's a pretty strong correlation with mining difficulty and price, um, and there's volatility on the upwards and downward swings. But um, but then if you if you kind of like so if you take that mapping and then you you convert that back into um, into like regular uh, numbers, and you get an exponential curve, and you can project that curve out into the future and get a general and and then look at the um, Look at the, uh, um, the, the standard deviation or the, the variance, and you can get a pretty good price range of where Bitcoin should be um, by the end of the year. And, you know, there's a, there's a range of somewhere between, um, you know, uh, $30,000 to $100,000 probably that, uh, yeah. you know, that, that would be a feasible prediction. But, I mean, I, I can't necessarily say that I believe with 100% certainty that it's going to be in that range.
0: I believe it'll hit 25,000. Um, but, you know, I also think that at the same time, the, the, the market has to clean up, it has to clean itself up. We have to see, uh, less pressure, less downward pressure on, you know, on the Ethereum platform. And, uh, and in general, we have to see less, uh, make it harder for people to, um, uh, you know, to, to, to ICO, uh, you know, the ICOs have to, will end up raising less money from the crowd, uh, you know, and, and the crowd has to be smarter about the deals that they get into. You know, uh, um, you know, ideally, what you'd see is you'd see less of a speculative crowd and more of a user crowd and, uh, and you know, users who care about a particular platform will buy tokens on that particular platform and, and, and those platforms will, will have the, the means necessary to continue to build. Uh, and won't rely on the money that they, that they generate from an ICO. I mean, you know, to me, that's the ideal situation, you know? Um, But, uh, but, you know, who who knows? I mean, uh, you know, I still see, like, I still see things like Bitcoin 2.0, that B-I-T-C-O-I-I-N garbage (laughs) that Steven Sigal was promoting, you know? And, uh, and I, and I shake my head, like, how the hell do these guys get on the radio and, and claim that they're, uh, you know, that they're, their, their coin built on the Ethereum platform is going to replace Bitcoin. I, I, that's just that's ridiculous. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty silly. I mean, you know, the, the thing to remember, right. Is if you look at the crypto prices a year ago today, um, you know, Ether was like at like 30 to $40. I don't have a chart in front of me, but I'm just trying to remember, like, I think Ether was at like 30 to $40. It's now at like three, you know, about $400, right? Bitcoin is like, I think $1,000 around that. And it's now at like six to 7,000, it's like about $7,000. So I mean, like in any regular, um, you know, asset class, like that's a pretty good, like, you know, to have a seven X, uh, you know, sort of, like price increase over the course of one year is like a you know it's a pretty solid run. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Bitcoin hit like twenty thousand dollars in December and then came back down to reality, um, or came back down to where it is today. But um, but you know, I th- I think in general. Um, it's it's important to sort of remember those things. Like it, you know, it wasn't that long ago. Like a, you know, a year ago today, Bitcoin was at about a thousand dollars. And and even then, I remember when it was a thousand dollars, and everyone was just screaming at the top of their lungs, like this is insane. This you know, Bitcoin at a thousand dollars is crazy. You know, and I, I and I was saying the same thing. I mean, like I you know, I didn't think it would keep, stop going up necessarily. But but you know, it's it's a crazy concept to think of Bitcoin at a thousand dollars when like I first discovered Bitcoin is one dollar. You know. Um, so like, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, you've got tons of people that got into ether when it was like 30 cents or 50 cents or, you know, whatever. Um, and, uh, and, you know, so, so, uh, you know, I'm not saying that people should be investing in this stuff, you know, in, in crypto necessarily, um, you know, at any price, because that's, you know, up to the, the person that, you know, but, um. But I am saying that you know there's a general trend, and I don't think that trend is uh, is going to stop.
0: Okay, well, okay. So so let's switch gears a little bit. I, I you know you, you worked with Unicoin Gold as your first project in the space. Um, you know we worked together on marketing and uh, and, and we brought this platform to market, and, and things things have been going really well for us. Uh, you know overall we, we're we're hitting our milestones, and I mean we have plenty of work to do, but we're we feel like we're in a great position. With with that said, who else are you working with? Uh, is there anyone that you can mention, or if if not specific names, can you tell us, uh, w- you know, the type of projects that you're getting involved with, that kind of thing?
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, so there's two that we we haven't done a. Uh, uh, big announcement on, but we just last week, um, sort of are publicly talking about it. Um, and then there's several that are in the pipeline right now that are, you know, basically confidential, um, that we have signed and that we're, you know, that we're working on. Um, but, uh, but two of the projects that are really cool, um, one is with a company called SurfAir and, um, the project is called VOI, um, the token's called VOI and it's a, um, it's a universal loyalty reward point, um, for travel. And so we're really excited about that because I think loyalty reward points is a, is a massive opportunity and we're essentially able to create a token, um, that can where that, a, you know, when a user transacts it, um, the identity, uh, information, which includes like their seat preferences and all that sort of stuff, um, can come along with the transaction within the, um, within the travel partner network. And so, um, that's, that's one project that is really exciting. Um, another one is called tap. And TAP is with a company that's based out of New York um, with a really great team and experienced entrepreneurs. And, um, tap is essentially, um, being integrated into the first application called Hooch. And, um, and Hooch is a, is an application for, um, you know, going out. It's a nightlife application. And you can go out and you can discover, um, bars and clubs. And then when you go there, and they have a really, they have a, a massive growing user base. And it's becoming really, really popular. Um, and when you go there, you can actually, uh, when you go to one of the venues, you can actually redeem a free drink. And so we're we're working on a token with them um, that also includes some uh, some user data and uh, consumption preferences and um, and then tokenizing the uh, the the current model that they have. So those are two. Yeah. So those are a couple. Um, I wish I could talk about more, but um, but there's a there's a you know, some of it's uh, still not yet uh, announced.
0: Okay. how many people on your team now?
1: Um, so we have a a core team of twelve um, engineers and and uh, and developers and uh, designers and marketing. And then um, we have a, a you know a finance team as well. Um, that's in new york as well as here um that's uh you know so we have the broker dealer and a FINRA registered principal with series 6 series Seven, series 63 series 24 and series 99 uh you know finner licenses and then um we also have a, a external development team um that's sort of you know as, as large as we need uh, given the certain time frame um and then we have an advisory team of of, of like an amazing advisory board of 18, some of the most uh, prominent and well-respected names in the industry. Um, you know, pleased to add, have you on that list, Raul. Um, but we haven't announced all the advisors yet, but, um, but uh, uh, it's, it's, you know, when we do the announcement, it's going to be really, uh, really impressive as well.
0: Yeah, it sounds, it sounds like it will be. I mean, I've seen it. So yeah, yeah I'm pretty, uh, it, it, I think, I think you're, you're putting together a really interesting company in the space. And, uh, you know, I, I think we just need more uh, companies uh, like us out there. You know that are that are bringing legitimacy to the space, that are publicly speaking about it, um, that are open to regulation. You know, for all the right reasons. You know, I, I think this is this is just generally good for the market. Uh, you know, overall, um, I have to ask you. You know, I ever since doing the Unicorn Gold Token sale, I've probably been approached by. Well, I'm I'm guessing over 200 companies or people looking to ICO. Uh, you know, m- my LinkedIn gets blown up all the time, to- all the time, and uh, you know these people claim to be AI, blockchain, crypto experts, <laughs> and and they're and they're looking to ICO their their company, and they want me on as an advisor, and they they offer me a ton of tokens, and like I pretty much turned down all of them. Um, and you know, it's 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 funny sometimes. I, I I look at some of their you know their projects and. Yeah, you know, one in particular made me really believe that we're in a major bubble, and it was like a it was like a, um, a retirement community with a tokenized ecosystem, you know. And 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 I'm thinking to myself, wow, you know, do you know who your customer is? You know, like <laughs> you realize how hard this shit is. Like, I, I mean, even for our customers, when when we decided to do Unicorn Gold, we pulled our customers first just to ask them. You know, are you familiar with Bitcoin? Have you ever used a wallet before? Do you know what Ethereum is? We didn't we didn't specifically say, hey, should we take Unicoin and create Unicoin Gold and Unicoin Silver? We weren't direct, but we we did ask these questions and we were surprised to learn that 70 percent or more uh, of the respondents uh, either had wallets, traded crypto or were interested in it, you know, because we're we're dealing with a millennium, a millennial customer base, you know, that that is tech savvy. Uh, I think we're fortunate in that case. but with that said, you know you've got these other projects, other companies looking to you know create a token, and I don't know that their customer base aligns with this uh, with this you know this tech savvy type audience. So how do you solve that for them? you know how how do you help them make it easier for their customers?
1: yeah absolutely. I mean so that's really one of the goals internally that we have is to create the usability layer um, in you know in order to um, enable the application layers on top of the blockchain. And so, um, you know, some of the ways that we're solving that are sort of hybrid, decentralized and centralized, you know, combination of decentralized and centralized APIs that can be called, um, you know, some of the stuff I mentioned before, like the publishing the smart contracts um, to the blockchain for whitelisted users. But, um, but there's really a number of ways that we're, we're solving those problems. And, um, you know, in a lot of it comes down to some of the core technology that we're developing. Um, so, you know, core APIs that enable transactions actions and core APIs that just make things really, really easy to implement um from a uh from an engineering perspective on the side of the application that can then translate into like a very, very clean and simple user experience um for the customer. And uh you know, and that's something I think is really important, is is sorely lacking from the space. Um it's funny, I was at an event where um, uh, Ty Lopez. I was also speaking at the event, and um, and Ty Lopez came on stage like a little bit after me, um, and I was still in the audience, and he was talking about like how the user experience for blockchain is so bad and for most companies and like, you you know, people should really be thinking about user experience. And, you know, we really do put, but not just our, our user experience designers, but like our engineering team and everybody at the company puts user experience first. And so, um, you know, we, we don't necessarily build the applications for the companies. Like for example, we would have never uh, tried to step forward and, you know, build unicorn for you. You, That's your product. Um, and you guys like work your day and night and toil and sweat and tears into that product. Um, but like what we try to do is, you know, and, and that was a big learning experience for us too, is as we were working on Unicorn Gold, um, you know, sort of understanding a lot of the requirements that a company like Unicorn has in order to like implement more and more technologies from the Coin Circle side as we move forward and work with more companies. And I think at this point, it's become like a pattern matching exercise where it's like, oh, look, like this is necessary, that's necessary. Um, and so we've started really like building those out into these core um, APIs and modules and, and, and applications and you know, software applications that, that we are running on our platform um, in order to enable that and in order to really um, achieve that goal.
0: So, so if I'm a company that's looking to tokenize my business, what is the Coin Circle criteria to work with you guys? Um, wh- what exactly do you look for? Is there like a checklist of five things I should think about? And then how do I get in contact with you guys? I mean, so
1: generally, um, there's not like a hard set rule. I mean, but we, I mean, like you said, like your, your LinkedIn is blowing up and, you know, you're constantly a, approached by people, um, you know, and, and, and a large number of them may be less than credible. Um, and we kind of have the same thing. Um, and it's funny cause we get it from all angles too. Like we don't just get the people that want to build tokens, but we also get, you know, people that want to buy tokens and like, you know, I, I mean, we just get like kind of the whole, the whole, uh. Um, we have full exposure to the entire sort of like weirdness of the cryptocurrency world, um, which is kind of uh, can be fun and entertaining sometimes. Um, but what we do is when we get approached by a company and we've been fortunate enough to essentially be in a scenario like where um, you know, we have tons of inbound interest. And so when we get approached by a company, um, we really uh, have a pretty strong filter. So, um, you know, the, the basic requirement is that the company has to have a product. Um, you know, they have to have an established and credible management team. Um, we've currently only worked with U S companies, so that doesn't mean that we wouldn't work with a non U S company, but that's just been, um, how, how things have gone so far. Um, and uh, and you know we look for companies that are post revenue and and typically an indicator is if they're post Series A as well. Um, now if a company is bootstrapped and they have millions of users and they're profitable, um, we're not going to turn down working with them. Um, but uh, but you know a, a venture backed you know a venture backed company that's post Series A that that has a credible management team and that already has an existing product with a growing network of users is typically the um, the type of company that we look for. And then we go for we go further than that and we analyze. The, um, the actual software itself to really make sure that the software makes sense to utilize a token because there's a lot of software applications and we've been approached by a lot of companies that really just like at the end of the day if you read between the lines they just want to get money. Um, and we're not really interested in working with companies that just want to like, you know, get a bunch of money. Um, you know, it's it just doesn't, it's just not, you know, that's like part of the problem in the space. Um, we're really interested in, in companies that can create more value that can, um, you know, that have a product where, you know, adding a token to the product really would create more value for the overall, um, you know, for the customers of the product as well as for the ecosystem. Um, so those are the general filters that we put on. And, um, you know, and we have turned a number of projects down. And then part of the other filter is, you know, does is the company have a realistic time timeframe? Um, you know, we've, we've been approached by a lot of companies and they just want to like, you know, we need to go, like we're in an emergency. We have to do this right now. And, um, you know, we, we typically turn those down because, you know, we're really busy ourselves, but also it's not a very strong indicator that it's, um, it's going to be uh, handled in a way where, um, you know... Uh, where, where all the, where, where all the, where the process is respected. Like, for example, like when we were working together, like we outlined the, all the important, uh, you know, aspects of the project and, you know, we put together a realistic uh, schedule together. And part of that schedule included like, you know, testing and, you know, like uh, the third party auditing and security auditing and p- penetration testing. And, you know, we went through that, And, you know, legal diligence and all that stuff. And we went through that and it was an arduous process, but it's one of those things that, you know, is necessary and, you know, it's, yeah, it's, 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 you know,
0: it's, it's an evil, but it's a good evil. I mean, or if that makes sense. (laughs) It it um, does take time to do this. This isn't something that can be, you know, done overnight. So I agree. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's super helpful. Um, I guess people can find you on Twitter. We'll, we'll we'll share all of your contact information on our SoundCloud. So, um, Eric, w- this has been a great discussion, but I just want to say to everyone out there, thanks for listening. If you tuned in at the tail end of the show, you can catch a download on our SoundCloud or wherever you download podcasts. And the Unicorn CryptoCast airs Mondays on the Dash Radio Network, 3 p.m. Pacific Time. Look for it on our Twitter, Eric. Thank you very much. We'll we'll make sure that we share your contact information out with everybody. Uh, thanks for being on the show. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me.